Hello, landing page optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash. Next time you browse through iTunes or the Google Play Store on your smartphone, make sure to land on and download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app. Listen to new episodes of LPO every Monday or catch up on all the interviews featuring me speaking with the best and brightest conversion thought leaders of today. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile apps in the iTunes Store or via Google Play today. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, the CEO of SiteTuners, author of Landing Page Optimization, and chairperson of the upcoming Conversion Conference. Uh, the next event is in Boston, September 30th. This week, I am glad to have a fellow uh, Conversion Conference speaker alumnus and uh, just an all-around great guy with us, Jeff Sexton. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Thanks a lot. Glad to be yeah, here. No, Though, Jeff, you're, I guess, you, I don't know what exactly to call you, a cross-channel copywriter. Obviously, you're a website <laughs> optimization pro with your background um, and a partner at Wizard of Ads. Tell us a little bit more about Wizard of Ads and, and a little bit of what you've done in the conversion world. Yeah, so I'd like to say I'm a cross-channel copywriter because I am one of the few people I know that span the two worlds of sort of mass media branding and uh, online direct response. Uh, usually people either are, are direct response copywriters or they're, uh, you know, sort of regular ad creatives. Okay, it's so... it's rare to find somebody that does those both. So basically, uh, there's, a, a, I think, a, a large and mostly ignored by the online community body of direct response copywriting, which is how to get, how to write copy that actually moves people to action. But what I'm hearing is, that, like I said, it's not often applied to the online world seems like we're reinventing the wheel. Would you agree with that? Um, I think that used to be the case uh, back in 2007, 2008. I think a lot more that that is moving to mainstream. Uh, I guess what I was saying is that sort of the um, the kind of copywriting you would see done in a TV ad or a radio commercial would be more sort of mainstream branding, and then the, the oh, okay. kind of copy you would see done on a landing page is like a direct response. And I'm one of the few people I know that does both equally well and has, has crafted campaigns that have made use of both mediums. So, All right, uh, well, let, doing, let's talk about that as in terms of the, the fundamental differences. Okay, we're, we're on TV, and it's primarily for branding, or hope you remember it well enough to go and look it up some other time, or versus... On the page, we expect you to act immediately, and you have the mechanism to do it. But what, what, is, what are the implications of that, I guess? Well, I, actually, what you're starting to see is the two are, are colliding more and more. The implications are when you are mass media, you have to assume that the majority of the people who you are talking to are not in the market for whatever it is you're selling right now. Right, because the mass media reaches the masses. That's why it's, it's sh- called that. Yeah, shotgun so you, approach, exactly. Yeah, and that's why you have to work so hard to earn their attention and keep their attention, which is why so many of the ads tend to be, you know, overtly creative and interesting. 
right? Um, sometimes to the point of losing the messaging and the sales. <laughs> but it, you know, it's, it sure plays well for that 30 seconds during the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then the, um, the online world for direct response, usually you have worked very hard to pull people in via AdWords or PPC or whatever who are in the market, right? And you're just speaking to people who are in the market and ready to buy right now. And so you have to have a very relevant sales message that pulls them through a sales process and gets them to buy at the end of the Okay, and and I guess when I was talking about kind of the the body of well ignored uh, direct response copywriting, I was talking more about folks that have been around for decades and wrote the book on it. Folks like Eugene Schwartz and and so on. So let's talk about the psychology of direct response writing. What are kind of some of the key elements of that? Well, yeah, and, and so where I got my um, initial training for that was through Jeff and Brian Eisenberg with Future Now. Good and friends of mine. Yeah, yes. Great folks. Yeah, great folks. And and they, they, they were early to start saying, hey, let's let's bring these things over, right? And the formula that they usually used was ADA, or they put an S on the end of it, and it's A-I-D-A-S, which is attention, interest, desire, action, and satisfaction. And so you're trying to work somebody through all those stages of the sale. Right, this is the typical sales funnel that, uh, that that was defined about 100 years ago. Now, the S part, I would say, is not really that useful for online marketers, that final step, because satisfaction is a function of your experience with the product or service, and online, we're just trying to get them to use the product or service or buy it, as the case may be. So the S probably doesn't belong in most of the kind of conversion stuff that I've seen. Would, would you agree with that? Well, it depends on how far into the conversion you're looking, right? There is a lot of follow-up that can be done that can um, dramatically improve the S on the uh, the satisfaction. A lot of times it's, it's you know, you bring them in for one sale, but you're looking to bring them in for, you know, a lifetime of, of repeated use or repeated sales or ascension moving up from having bought the book to using your services, Right. Right, right. Okay, so um, give us some examples of this, so then how you're going to apply someone's stages in the sales funnel to the type of writing you're doing. Well, so here is is where this starts to come into play. When you start looking at, and the big big buzzword right now is content marketing. I think you probably hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, content marketing is sort of that middle ground maybe between traditional advertising, and direct response, right? So there's different things you can put into a search engine. Some indicate you're ready to buy right now, right? Like Sony DVD Blu-ray players. Right. That's <clears> the bottom so- of the funnel, clearly. That's, that's somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And then Actually, so- well, it, well, it might be consideration stage, I would argue, because if you type in a specific model number, that means you're price shopping probably. If you're, still, if you're zeroed in on the brand but not the model, maybe it's still a little up funnel. What do you think? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. If by the, yeah, you can make it even further down the funnel by putting in the model number, right? Um, yes. Or putting in pricing information, right? For less than $300. But if you just put, you know, best bang for the buck Blu-ray players, right? That's much earlier in the buying process. So yeah, they might be in the market for it, but you can't take them to a sales page right away, right? 
Okay, so there's take- so so the one question is where do you land them on your site and where do you direct them, and the other is how do you set their expectations properly on the way in or match their intent. So you know you can't be too hard sell, right? If if you're addressing earlier in the funnel, folks. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. Right, and so that's where the content of content marketing comes in. People said, oh well, you can't sell to these people directly. You have to give them the information and the the solutions or the insights that they're looking for, right, based on their intent from the keywords. So that's where the content comes in. Where people are finding now, and now that it's no longer like 2006, there's a flood of content out there. So it's not enough just to have the useful information. You have to keep their attention in a short attention span theater. Uh, I think I saw an Onion post the other day that said, like, friends say area man who sent eight minute video insane because <laughs> right? no one's going to watch an eight minute YouTube video <laughs> and, and so the, all of the things that, that creative people in mass media are advertising who learned you know, how to keep people's attention that has to be applied to your content your content has to be entertaining and readable as well as informative and useful Okay, now we're talking about readable, and I don't want to go off on a tangent before our break coming up here, but uh, after the break, I definitely want to address other types of media other than the written word. But but let's let's close out on, on the question of um, editorial style for different stages in the funnel. How would you say that maps? Well, you know, which, I, what should exactly your tone be? As you be? said, you know, the further up the funnel at the top of it, the more you have to be less hard sell, more informative, more friendly, and the, the, the further down the funnel you, you go the, to the point, to the point of transaction, the more, you know, on, about business you have to be. Okay, well, can you give me, have you ever seen examples of where there was a, a big mismatch between those two, or someone is what I could call a, a greedy marketer and trying to get that closed too early? What happens? You know, it's usually not greedy, it's usually lazy. And it's people who have <laughs> okay, a, fair who, who are directing all of their AdWords to the same landing page. And so they get people with search terms that indicate an earlier middle stage buying situation, right, buying process, and they're pushing them to a very hard sell squeeze page. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I would argue with you. I mean, yeah, often it's lazy. That's certainly true. But I, I've had explicit conversations. We ask somebody when we're doing reviews of landing page and say, what do you want people to do here? And often it might be their homepage on their website. And they're selling some complicated, expensive thing. And they go, well, you know, to buy it today or set up the free trial right now. And I'm just, I just say, are you kidding me? Uh, that's never going to happen on your homepage. I mean, do you see those kind of mismatches? Oh, oh Sure. Oh, sure. And a lot of it is is pushed by direct response. People who say, you know, get their information, get their information. And it's kind of the mistake, I, I like to say, of asking for marriage on the first date, right? <laughs> right. And it depends on what you're selling, right? The more complex or considered the purchase, the, the more, more that's just not going to work. All right. Well, uh, words of wisdom from Jeff Sexton, buy me a drink first. Uh, we'll, we'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. 
Are your online campaigns getting more clicks than conversions? Then you need to sign up for Conversion Conference East 2013, happening September 30th through October 2nd in Boston. If you want to start increasing revenue and stop wasting money, you ought to be at Conversion Conference East 2013. Discover why Conversion Conference was selected as one of 2013's must-attend conferences by under 30 CEO and why over 900 leading companies send their marketing teams, web designers, and executives. What's more, webmasterradio.fm listeners get a 10% discount on their pass. Simply register online at conversionconference.com with promo code WMFM or click through the Conversion Conference banners on the webmasterradio.fm website. Wouldn't it be nice to invest less and convert more? See you at Conversion Conference East 2013 in Boston, September 30th through October 2nd. Sign up with promo code WMFM for 10% off registration right now at conversionconference.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Hold on to your white hat or black hat. WebmasterRadio.fm is ready to take you behind the backlinks. We're digging and scraping past the surface of everyday news and views of search engine marketing and dropping our proverbial anchor text on the important issues affecting the industry with our panel of search engine insiders. Behind the Backlinks. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. On demand, anytime, inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, on LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today, my guest is Jeff Sexton. Jeff um, well, let's let's talk. You know, you, we were talking about the power of the written word, but what we're seeing, for example, in Google search results, um, is a lot more emphasis on images and on video. Uh, how do those play in? What what what's the right mix, or when when are the best kind of circumstances in which to use other media? In other well, words, do people really read on the web at all, unless they're forced to? Well, okay, so um, yes, they do read on the web as long as it's particularly relevant to what they want, right? So if you think about it, if I am, on, let's say I'm on Amazon and I want to look for Nikon DSLRs. One well, of my personal favorites. There That's you go, right? So if I go to the, elect, you know, if I go to the homepage and I hit the electronics and then I hit the cameras and then I hit DSLRs and then I 
I go to Nikon, right? And then I find, like, let's say the D600, which is what I was after. And then I click on that. And then once I hit that page, there's information there that's interesting to me, so I stop and read. Now, all those other previous pages, I wasn't reading. I was scanning for, for the, the scent trail and clicking through, right? So, so, so in terms of the purpose of a page, a legitimate purpose, and I often tell people this, is navigation. It's not the close. It's to get you to the right page. That's right. It either has linked to information you want or it has the information you want. But a lot of people, like, what they do is they try and average out that whole experience and say, oh, well, people don't read. Well, they do read. They just need to get to the right place. Now, the thing about videos is um, videos have been proven to be very effective online. Um, but every test I've seen shows that videos with text works better than videos alone. Right. And so, you know, one, I often talk about the Frank Kern direct response pages where you just land on a video player and it starts playing. That's not necessarily the best approach. Well, so what they're trying to do there is they're trying to say, we want to walk you through our long form sales letter. But because you can scroll down and skim the written word, we're going to force you to watch the video. Right. And, and a buddy of mine who was um, a, kind of a sales mentor once told me, people buy the way they buy, not the way you sell. So you have to give them all those different modalities, like you're saying, the written word or the video as options, right? Don't try to cram it down their throat. Well, yeah. I, I think it always works better when you're trying to facilitate their buying process rather than force your sales process on them. And so, yeah, if they want to scroll down and look for the link, they can do that with text. They can't really do that very well with video. And what you're seeing is that people's, like I said, that that onion joke, people's uh, uh, willingness to listen to a longer video is rapidly decreasing. I mean, it's to the point where if it's more than two minutes, people are going to look askance at it. Oh, well, that's, that's an, you know, for educational content in terms of uh, breaking up modules for online courses or something like that, uh, your brain basically resets attention every eight to 10 minutes. So unless you do something radical shift or something, uh, I've stopped. I've tuned it out. Uh, for anything promotional or action-oriented, we say 30 to 60 seconds. I think two minutes is way too long. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. In fact, here's how you can tell that this is the truth. When you go on a video and there's a pre-roll commercial, they almost always have the little countdown to when you can skip. Right. Why do yep. you think they do that? They don't do that so you can skip the ad that, that they're getting paid to place. They do that because they know if they don't, you'll cut the video out entirely. Right. Even that 15 seconds is too much of an investment. Well, 15 seconds of crap that you didn't ask for is there definitely, too, in that setting, too much of an investment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then I would say that uh, you know, one of the best practices we say around videos, besides carefully selecting kind of the image that represents the video player and, you know, maybe a Facebook thumbnail size that opens up in a nice viewer is actually to put the length and topic of the video overlaid on it. So 30 second overview, watch now, because then you know how much time you're going to be asked to invest. Because if it's an eight minute overview, I'm not so likely to do it. If it's an unknown length, I'm going to assume it's too long. Absolutely. And Tim, that, that is a universal principle, right? People want to know what's going to happen next. And for any action you're hoping to get them to take, giving them that, that preview always increases their willingness to take that next step. And that, that's true for you know, lead forms or for add to cart buttons or anything. 
Right. And uh, my buddy Larry Marine, I, uh, you probably know him, one of the top usability guys in the country. He, he always says that the, the good design, I really like his definition, is matching visitors' expectations. Absolutely. And, and so that goes to, you know, if you can give them a preview, if you can make them feel safe, if the, if the button says, you know, download white paper, that's what should happen when you push the button, you know, not another form or asking for something else. So always giving people context and a preview, like you say, is, is definitely the right way to go. Yeah, I, I like to say that every link is a promise it, based on that expectation of what's going to happen next. And if you break your promise, you're destroying that visitor's trust in you. That's right. So, yeah, and another friend of mine, uh, Olivier Shane, says the same thing. You know, the number one driver of conversion is matching visitor intent. Mm-hmm. And so, so they have to, you know, they have to know what they want, and you have to give them exactly what you promise. Basically, it comes down to integrity and alignment with what they what they're trying to do at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit um, the different. Uh, kinds of universal motivations that uh, would will help you succeed. You talked about one principle we just discussed it, which is you know always give them a preview, as it were. Are there other kind of uh, tips that you can give that you work pretty much across the board, or at least will do no harm? Yeah. Um, so when you're saying match expectations or match visitor intent. A big part of that is anticipating and answering questions within the context of the the visitor conversation with your website. And so, especially when we started with cross-channel, nowadays when people hear about something or see something on TV or they're interested, they go to the website thinking they're going to get more information. They're going to get added insight. They're going to get their questions answered. And where a lot of websites go wrong on conversion is they just don't have the answers that people are looking for, or they make them work just too hard to find them. They bury them within a frequently asked questions page or FAQ somewhere. And so the more you can anticipate these buyer concerns and buyer questions and answer them um, contextually, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, you know, we have a service called the Strategic Jumpstart, which is kind of a blueprint for a high-converting site that, that our clients would then build out. Basically, if you're going to bring in the bulldozer and start over, this is the way to go. And most people, when they're redesigning a site, start with wireframes, information architecture, and then visual designs. We have this pre-step, or a very important first step, rather, which is creating user scenarios. Who's showing up? What are they trying to do? And then grading the site performance against that. And so without that diagnostic step of even seeing, are you being useful to people? A redesign isn't going to work very well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And again, like speaking of Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg, they're the ones that sort of really pioneered and popularized that idea of the, the buyer persona and the scenario and planning out click streams because, you know, people don't navigate a website based on information architecture, you know, they sort of follow the click streams that they think is going to take them where they go, not really, in many cases, looking at the the nice top-down navigation scheme. Yeah, and I would say that uh, we actually um, refine that quite a bit more by doing these kind of narrative walkthroughs. It uh, really helps you to See, uh, these scenarios are designed 
to, with people's expectations, all the baggage they're bringing to it. In other words, you can't cherry pick and just say, this is what I want them to do. You have to take them as they are in place with all warts and all and, and see what's likely to happen for those people. And the baggage, that's an important one, I would say, especially for more business to business and considered purchase. People forget that what moves somebody off the dime between think, you know, from thinking about buying to buying is often some kind of precipitating event, something that throws a wrench in their works that causes them to say, that's it, I got to buy this. And if you don't plan for that, you can end up with copy that should be relevant, but just doesn't speak to their emotional state at the time that they're ready to buy. Well, I want to explore that, uh, that angle of emotion after we come back from our final break here. Um, and also wanted, you know, it's something most people may not know about you, uh, your, your involvement with uh, Armed Forces and the Naval Academy. We'll be back in two minutes. We'll be talking to Jeff Sexton. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Affiliate Buzz, on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Jeff, and we're back. Uh, this is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO Landing Page Optimization, Naval Academy grad. 
Yeah, I, I applied there. Uh, I did a, actually a two week. They were trying to recruit me over the summer kind of thing where we lived on campus. But you can't have a car till junior year and jumping jacks at six in the morning and six to one male female ratio. Tell us about your experience. <laughs> yeah, four years by the bay. It was uh, it was an experience. Uh, the joke is it's a great place to be from, far from. <laughs> well, on the other hand, you, you pretty much have that happen. Join the Navy, see the world, right? That's right. So, uh, so, so no, seriously, that was a pretty selective process. Tell us about uh, kind of what you learned that's, that's uh, served you well uh, being at a top academy like that. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's tough to encapsulate in a few minutes, but uh, it, I think the thing that was best for me was that I got to see people from all different walks of life uh, that I probably wouldn't have met or seen if I'd gone to say like a, you know, an Ivy league school, right? I think if you go to an Ivy league school, you, you, you encounter a very particular cross section of a population. Um, At the service academy, I, I met people from all, and in the Navy, you know, from a wide range of different backgrounds and it kind of, taught me to see people real. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a marketer, I don't think there's any better skill than that, to see, see people real and see, see them for their, their true selves in their whole life rather right. than, than just as a demographic profile. Right, so, then so not assuming also that other people are like you and really opening your eyes to that. Yeah, that's huge. So, All right, well, let's talk about that. Um, uh, now, people may be of different backgrounds, but we all kind of have the same uh, wetware and operating system in our heads. Uh, you mentioned emotions. It seems like a lot of good direct response copywriting is based on tapping not the logical brain, which very rarely gets activated, but rather that primitive reptilian or mid, mid-brain, the emotional brain. What, kinds of, uh, what should you try to do to be effective in copywriting? Relevance and credibility are huge, and but when you're talking about emotion, right, relevance is a big part of that. But the big thing I try to focus in on is self-identity. How does this person see themselves, and how does your product or service or the decision you're trying to get them to make, how does that relate back to that? Um, nobody's going to willingly take an action that's in direct conflict with their self-image. So if you can't get that alignment between how they see themselves and what you want them to do, then you've got a real tough, tough sell. Okay, so it's really, again, goes back to that empathy, understanding that they're different, number one, then understanding what motivates them. Now, how do you get at that underlying knowledge? How do you uh, try to understand what they care about or what their self-identity is. That's a pretty nebulous thing. Um, it, it is. Um, one good tool is, is the four temperaments. And, and uh, I use this all the time. And there's four basic uh, temperaments. There is, and it dep- you know, you can go to almost any personality typing tool and you can find them. The, the probably the most popular one in terms of temperaments is the Kiersey temperament sorter. Right, Kiersey Bates or Myers-Briggs kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the Kiersey one is interesting because it really is based on, on self-identity. 
And so you can go and take a look and say, oh, well, this person is a, a rationalist, and so their self-identity is around sort of willpower and ingenuity and... Um, self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. And so that, that's a much different um, pitch to somebody who has that kind of a self-image than somebody who's, say, a guardian. And they're, they have a deeply formed self-image based on uh, service and reliability and responsibility and membership of the group, right? And, mem- you know, adherence to standards. Those are different. Those are totally different self-images. And it doesn't, you know, unsurprisingly, the kind of messaging that appeals to them is different as well. And so yeah. th- the problem that a lot of people make is they're really good at marketing to their own temperament. <laughs> right. And, but the thing is that your temperament no of the four temperaments the the maximum you're going to have is 35% of the population which means you're leaving at least 65% of the population um underserved or undermessaged so in the immortal words of mike myers throw me a freaking bone there's got to be something for each temperament on the page yes exactly all right. Well, that, 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 that's definitely a helpful tip. Uh, now, Jeff, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? Are you going to be speaking at any conferences coming up, or how should they get in contact? Yeah, so um, I have my blog, and it's at Jeff Sexton Writes, and that's J-E-F-F-S-E-X-T-O-N-W-R-I-T-E-S. A great resource. Yeah, and thank you. And um, so my email's on there, but you can email me directly at jeff at jeffsextonwrites.com. And I will be teaching a course on direct response copywriting at Austin or in Austin uh, in January at uh, the Wizard Academy. And that's something that uh, is is kind of a little hidden gem there in Austin that uh, is for online and more general marketers um, that, that helps you with all kinds of online advertising skills. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Wizard Academy is a 21st century business school and a school of the communication arts. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely where Brian and, and uh, Jeffrey Eisenberg kind of got their start. And I'm, I'm part of that group as a Wizard of Ads partner. So it's, uh, it's a good place. Okay, just to clarify for folks, so there are no broomstick rides involved. <laughs> no, no broomstick rides. No. All right. Uh, well, and also, you know, Jeff, we're hoping to have you back to speak at our conversion conference. Again, for those of you trying to do this last minute, use the special promo code WMFM to sign up and you get $100 off conversion conference coming up in Boston, September 30th and October 1st. I think the, my workshop on October 2nd is uh, sold out already, but uh, hopefully yeah, you'll attend the main conference. We're not doing another one in the U.S. till. March of next year in San Francisco. So it's your last chance unless you're coming to Berlin with me or London later in the year. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Uh, Really appreciate having you on. Uh, Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for interviewing me. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.